Korea's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, where the host hasn't yet become so unreliable that he's been traded in for a better model. <laughs> <laughs> you join us this week. Uh, this week, I'm Stuart Greenwood, as usual. I'm Stuart Greenwood every week, and I'm <laughs> and I'm joined by Tom King and Chris Evans. Hello. Hello. Did you forget our names in for a second? I, I, every time I host, I forget your names, man. It's just, <laughs> just getting embarrassing. It- to be honest, it sounded like you had a moment where you struggled with your own yeah, name. Well, exactly, yeah. I can't even remember my own name, so you shouldn't be offended about me remembering yours. One week um, off and it's all fallen to bits. Exactly, exactly. It's good to be back, though. It's good to be back yes. um, yeah. in in the motherland. Um, yeah, so, big week, big week this week. It's been busy, think, hasn't it? It's been very busy. Um, I, what, I'll do, what we'll do is, I think, just go through some little, little nuggets of news to begin <laughs> with, and, uh, and then we'll jump into the... Uh, Bayamoff of uh, the meat of the sandwich. Yeah, the meat of the sandwich, yeah. and what a juicy sandwich it is. Um, <laughs> so we'll open up this week with the news that Mercedes have reached fifty percent thermal thermal efficiency on their engine, which I think is amazing. It's yeah, it's like it's it's kind of mind blowing when you actually read into exactly what that means. It's yeah, yeah. So the the meaning of that is that um, for all of the heat. That comes out, well for for all of the energy that is generated by burning the fuel, only fifty percent of that energy is wasted as heat, and the the other fifty percent, or more, it's actually a little bit more than fifty percent, is turned into actual work that the engine does. So, fifty percent of the burn is power, and fifty percent is waste. And on a normal road car, you're looking probably about maybe twenty between twenty and thirty percent of the burn being yeah. power. And and the rest of it being heat waste, so it's such a remarkable achievement. Even on um, the big sort of jet powered, no, uh, turbine powered, sorry, um, tankers, they only reach about sixty percent thermal efficiency. So, to 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 achieve that in such a small space in a Formula One engine is is a is an amazing feat. And yeah. also have the performance. You're not sacrificing performance for that efficiency either. Yeah, that's the thing. And another thing I read today was that they, um, they're using exactly half the fuel, almost exactly half the fuel they were that they had with the V10s, and they're generating more power. Yeah, it's you know the, these engines come in for a lot of criticism, fairly and unfairly, but from a purely technological standpoint, they're just incredible pieces of engineering. Yeah. yeah. They're 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 truly awesome. Um, in other Mercedes news, uh, Valtteri Bottas has signed for 2018. Um, the least surprising bit of driving news of the year, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, probably yeah. something we were all expecting. But let's get let's get the boring bits out of the way. Um, <laughs> uh, not in not so boring news, Formula E is getting a support series for season five in the shape of Jaguar electric race cars. Is that correct? Yeah, this sort of came out of nowhere, really. It's um, yeah. it's a Jaguar One Make series. It's going to be the world's first um, racing series of production-based electric cars. Uh, the Jaguar I-Pace, which is going to be launched uh, next year, I believe. Um, they're still sort of working at the details. I have said it's uh, going to feature at uh all formula races uh it's going to be capped at 20 drivers including a vip entry at each round which i'm hoping means they'll have kind of random guest drivers at each race which will be quite fun that'd be fun yeah um Um, but yeah i mean watching one big thing i think formula e has been missing in these first few seasons is on track action essentially Mm. although they have their practice and qualifying and race kind of all across one day it's still being at the races it feels like it was there were long periods of time with nothing happening on the track so it's nice to have something to kind of fill that gap you definitely spend a lot of time stood at the bar getting mashed (laughs) yeah (laughs) which you know it's a day out in its own way talking there's about i think it's about three and a bit hours isn't it all together that you actually have track action during a formula yeah something like that something around that Uh, but you're obviously there all day from fairly early till fairly late yeah so 
it is a long day, <laughs> and to have the gaps in the middle, like Stu says, you have to resort to. I say resort to. You have to yeah. go enjoy the pleasures of the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm not object. I have no objections to that. I think not that's at all. A- um, so th- these cars look kind of like uh, a sort of touring car, but th- they're big, chunky things. But from the look of them, kind of like a, a cross between a Tesla Model S and a touring car. A it's definitely got a Model S feel to it, hasn't it? But it's kind yeah. of a little bit sort of chunkier and hot hatch kind of. It's you can tell it's a Jag. As yeah. well, yeah, yeah, it's definitely oh, got yeah, that sure. jack front. Yeah, it's just in that class of cars, I should say. That's yeah, that's they're nice looking things, though. Yeah, they look cool, they look really cool. Um, uh, I, I already foresee them spent, I think they're going to be 30 minute races, and I foresee that entire 30 minutes just being like bumper cars, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, oh, yeah, there will be which I am entirely on board with. Race. Yeah, <laughs> it will be really interesting just based on the, the size that these cars will be and the size of the tracks that Formula E races on. And I think that you're going to definitely get some very major league bumping. And Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Probably some destroyed barriers as well from the look of the size of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, the, uh, that's the Formula E news. With that then, we will jump straight in to the the really big news this week which is uh, the McLaren Honda love story <laughs> which has finally come to an end um <laughs> the relationship has broken down as follows so for for those of you who don't watch formula 1 or lived in a field for the last year or so <laughs> 3 years um in a nutshell the Honda engine hasn't really been up to the job um McLaren have had probably one of the best chassis, but they risk losing Alonso if they don't change their engine. So the hand has been pretty much forced at this point by Alonso, who's said, if you don't get rid of Honda, I'm going. That's and what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But also yeah. probably, I think, by the lack of performance over the last three years, because they are in a position where they do need to, they need to be on the podium at least. Uh, well, this is the thing. They McLaren were clearly prepared to take a year or two of not great results yeah. to make this relationship work and get back to the front and three years in well two and a half years in there's just no sign of progress is there really no no well, I mean, they've been no. they've been small glimmers but yeah but not enough i think to to sort of justify the expenditure and the 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 amount of languishing they're doing just at the back of it, and yeah. the loss of sponsorship and all that kind of thing. There's all kind of things that are sort of pushing them away. The the thing to remember as well, just from McLaren's point of view, is I think if it wasn't McLaren and it was anybody else on the grid bar, like Ferrari and Mercedes, which obviously wouldn't happen because they're factory teams, mm. that team would have disappeared by now. That team would have had to fold. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. You know... It probably Williams, I would say, is the best team financially after after the manufacturer teams. Would you not say? Yeah, I think that's a and safe yeah, I think that's fair. I think Williams would have ended up going bankrupt with the just the loss of sponsorship, like you say, and the loss of sort of um, prize money from standings and stuff like that. I think they even they would have started to struggle. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's left Honda. Uh, sorry, it's left McLaren in a in a position where they'll basically take anything but the Honda engine. They want they, they kind of wanted the Mercedes. There was talk of the Ferrari, but let's be honest, a Ferrari and a McLaren, that just doesn't sound Never right, going to happen. No. Um, so they've managed to negotiate their way out of the Honda deal and into a Renault deal up to the year 2020, just before the new engine formula comes into play in 2021. Um, this hopefully means that they'll get to keep Alonso and gain an engine that also hopefully blows up less hopefully <laughs> that's um, certainly what Alonso's hoping anyway <laughs> yeah so do we think Alonso is this enough to keep Alonso on the on the payroll at McLaren I think it's enough for him to sign a one year deal and see how it goes yeah I, I would say exactly the same yeah I think I think I agree with that as well so yeah not, not I think much, he'd have to hang debate, around but... yeah um... I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of get on to exactly how the team's going to match up in a little bit, I imagine. But I think at the very least, he's going to put Alonso in a position where he's going to be competing against the sort of drivers he should be competing against. Maybe not the ones right at the front, but he's going to be far more in the ballpark, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, what happens to the Honda engine? 
Well, that goes to Toro Rosso. Honda get a whole new team and have to rebuild and reintegrate with 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 Toro Rosso in the space of six months. Because yeah, remember, I didn't really well, think of that, but that's a pretty big ask, isn't it? Yeah. So we're only six months away from winter testing next season, which is in what February March. So it's yeah, actually yeah. less than six months. It's like more like five and a half months. Um, so that's going to be no mean feat. And and also Toro Rosso will have been building their car with the uh, idea of the, being a Renault in the back of it. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably going to have to change as well. Yeah. I suppose the, the same does work vice versa, though, obviously. It does, yeah. Anything McLaren have been doing for next season is effectively... not Well, I suppose not scrap heap, but, you know, it's it's going to have to be changed to be able to get a Renault in the back. So... I suppose the advantage is that Renault's already established. They've got, uh, they've already got an engine in progress. They already know what they're doing, and it's it's just going to have to be McLaren's problem to make it fit. I to think. be That's... honest, given the resources McLaren have, they all know exactly. enough about the engine that they've probably had someone designing a McLaren Renault for a while. Yeah, yeah. Just in case this deal yeah. does come off. Yeah. So... Which we should say, none of this is officially officially announced yet. We're expecting in the next couple of days. In fact, yeah. by the time you listen to this, it might have already happened. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, so the Honda engine goes to Toro Rosso, which is great news for Toro Rosso, potentially, because that what what they, su- they suddenly become a works team. With, yeah, effectively. With Honda, in effect, a worse team. Not only that, but they have Red Bull backing. Well, there's a very interesting angle to this that I like the idea of... Um, should we save it? Yeah. I'll save it. No, no, I'll no, save go, it go, because go. well, we've got you've got a little section in a minute which is like who are the winners and losers in it all. So I'll save yeah, it okay, until let's, then. Let's save it for then. Then I'll save it till um, then. So where are we? So uh, they, so they have Red Bull backing, but as it uh, it's likely that they're going to lose their best driver, Sainz, who will head to Renault, opening up a seat for Red Bull Junior Pierre Gasly. So Gasly, so it's going to be Sainz out at Toro Rosso. Gasly in um, and then we've got Renault down the line so Renault uh, obviously they're going to be supplying the new engine to McLaren the reason they're able to do that is because they don't have to make an extra engine that was the big crux behind all this mm. the only way they could supply McLaren was if they dropped another one of their teams which is why yeah. the sort of McLaren the McLaren Toro Rosso swap had to happen so what does this mean for Renault? Well, they still take the same they still create the same number of engines per season because Toro Rosso inherit the Honda engine. Um Joelan Palmer's pr- going to di- likely to disappear maybe by the Malaysian Grand Prix as Sainz come in, although it's since transpired that um there's been a little bit of flimflam flying around and that's less likely now. Um the but- from, it sounds like Palmer's contract is pretty watertight and it would cost Renault a lot of money for them to break that contract. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I personally am not sure what they would, what Renault would gain from that. Um, if anything, I think Toro Rosso might be more keen on it because it gives Gasly half a season to kind of get the kinks out so he's yeah. ready to go next year. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could become the case that that science goes on gardening it would be a strange thing to happen but maybe science go away for a little while to to race somewhere else and uh, I mean possibly it's not out of the question no but um I, I think I, I don't I wouldn't like to see that I don't think that'd be a wise decision I think they realize that I don't think that be- that benefits literally nobody though does it yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. benefit Renault for any reason because they they can't use him and they've still got Palmer in the second car because that's ultimately what what they want to do. They want to replace Palmer. Doesn't benefit Toro Rosso because they'll be putting uh, an F one rookie. It, although he's done testing and stuff like that, and young drivers tests. And if I think he's done a couple of free practice sessions in the past, but ultimately they're sacrificing potential points in the championship standings by swapping experience and talent science for. As yet, unproven at that level, Gasly. Yeah. So, it, like, nobody seems, and obviously, science doesn't win because 
he sat doing nothing and yeah. all the drivers are always saying all they want to do is race and yes, fair enough, there's competitiveness and money involved as well, but ultimately if they're in a car they're happy, yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. The other the other side of that of course is like Toro Rosso are on forty points in the championship, um and Haas and Renault are on thirty five and thirty four, so they're snapping their heels. Yeah, exactly. Signs has scored, I think it's thirty six of those forty points. Yeah, so if yeah. they do get rid of him, there's a good chance they've scored all their points for the season. And the difference between sixth and eighth in the championship financially is pretty bi- a pretty big difference, yeah, I yeah. think, from yeah. what I remember yeah. of it. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to expect the the lineups to probably remain settled for the remainder of the season. Now, I, don't, I think I that's the I most likely option at this point. Many big any, any big changes, unless someone really puts the foot a foot really badly wrong like say Kvyat gets himself a ban or something like that then <laughs> that could be another potential route in for Gasly I think but until that I mean that's all pure conjecture so and, it, and it, we're off topic there so let's just leave that one um, so uh, what what Renault do also probably get out of this whole thing is probably a big old chunk of cash as well because they've got a you know they're getting rid of one of their drivers to bring another one in and they didn't necessarily need to do that at someone else's kind of behest yeah so they've probably managed to wangle a good a, a decent deal for themselves out of that i mean honda were giving mclaren a pretty hefty sum of money i doubt they're going to be giving toro Rosso as much but mm. there's going to be money flowing in that direction i think it's not likely they're going to be paying for those engines put it that way yeah yeah toro rosso will be i think toro rosso will be will be better off though than they have been at the very least they'll be saving the however many million a year they were spending on renault engines yeah at the the least the the interesting bit of it is obviously why the science move has come about because toro rosso are effectively using him as a way of getting out of the renault deal am i right they're, they're sweetening Renault to say, we want to cancel our deal with you to move to Honda. And for letting us do that, we will let you take science. That's kind of what's happening in a roundabout think, way. Yeah, right, it's, I it? think it's almost more that it's a sweetener for them cancelling the deal, but also as a result of that, giving those engines then to a team that's more likely to be competing directly with them. It's a sort of weird yeah. three-way hmm. yeah, thing going it, on. It's, it is a strange love triangle, isn't it? Because It's really yeah, bizarre. I guess... I've never known a sort of deal th- like this going on before in F1. No, I guess um, what Renault do gain out of it is they, they get, a, they do, like you just said, they get, they get just to clarify what you just said, they get a, a much stronger light driver lineup to give yeah, them definitely. a yeah. better chance against a team like McLaren because... McLaren, I think, when they do have that engine, they they will be much, much, much bigger contenders when the engine they certainly works. should be. Yeah, uh, well, when you think about what Red Bull have managed to do with that same engine, um, yeah. you'd and expect McLaren would be doing the same sort of thing as Red Bull. In yeah, all honesty, I think so. Given the number of Red Bull staff that have ended up at McLaren in recent years, then. Like the likelihood is that they'll be probably on a similar level, I would have thought. Um, so, who are the winners and losers in in all of this? Um, well, STR Honda does have quite a nice ring to it. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be odd, but then will this be the third engine Torosso have had in three years? Yeah, they had a Ferrari. Then yeah, I don't think they've been with that. Renault for one or two years. I think this is their only year with Renault, and it was yet Ferrari before that. So yeah, that's they were always Ferrari for a long time, just yeah. because of the the I think it was partly the um, logistical benefit because obviously yeah. Toro Rosso are based. Um, I can't remember exactly where it is in Italy, but they're out there, uh, which puts them logistically quite close to Ferrari, making that deal work. But then. Yeah. Like you say, the Renault's filtered down from, from parent team in Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. So um, another winner is uh, well, Honda become a work, Honda eventually become a works team. Uh, well, no, no, they won't eventually become a works team. They have become a de facto works team from this. So that's yeah, yeah. 
that if if Honda can get their act together and get this engine working, then that's quite an attractive prospect for Toro Rosso because obviously that suddenly puts them in a position where they've got a super powerful engine and they've got no one else with the same engine as them. Or at least of they're course. the priority. Yeah. Of course, the problem there is though, as soon as that engine does come good, the uh, the daddy team at Red Bull will well, say that looks nice. We'll have one of those, please. Well, this yeah. is the point I was going to make before, yeah. which I think that this has actually potentially all been orchestrated, orchestrated and put together from at least the Toro Rosso perspective of Red Bull, yeah. and it's Red Bull saying. We will keep your engines. We've always branded them as Takua, but yeah. we want to put the Honda in the Toro Rosso. If that engine comes good, we are going to end up moving to it. That's a fact that you're going to have to face Renault. In exchange, here's sights. Yeah. So Honda, uh, sorry, Red Bull do win. In the long term, Red Bull could be winners from this because they get a closer eye on the engine situation at Honda and it allows them to assess whether or not to take over as the works team from Toro Rosso as early as 2019, it could be. Yeah. Um, That's the other thing, of course, isn't it? It's like the second Red Bull decide they don't want to be paying for two teams anymore. They've just got Honda ready-made to offload the team to. Yeah. That's that. That's oh, that's a whole other dimension. That's, that oh, that yeah. Of. That's a that's that's a exactly. That is a whole other angle that I'd not even thought about either. Yeah, where I, it, it, it's it's definitely something Red Bull are putting in place in the sense that if that engine starts coming good next year, they're in my opinion quite likely to put it in the back of the Red Bull and either keep Toro Rosso running it or that that whole that is a whole other thing to think yeah. about is the fact that they would give that team to Honda and say run a works team and buy buy the team out yep so uh, another winner um, could be Renault I think because they they get a great new driver we all rate Carlos Sainz you know um, yeah, and they've got they've got the perfect excuse now to get rid of a under sadly underperforming driver yeah. in, in the form of Julian Palmer just um, just going back to Sainz you kind of briefed run over him it is it's not a cut and dry positive for him because obviously with Verstappen's not been happy all season and he's been kind of banding the idea around because we all know that 2019 is going to be the real time when big driver changes could happen because Bottas will be out of contract then Hamilton's out of contract Vettel I think and Raikkonen are both out of contract Uh, both Red Bull drivers are out of contract Um, Ricardo has basically said today that if he doesn't have a car that lets him be fighting at the front next season then he's definitely going to be looking elsewhere for 2019 um so there is a potential red bull seat available in the next year or two so for signs to now move away from the red bull family is a kind of a bold move i guess yeah well there could be two there could be two red bull seats because this absolutely quite vocal recently about uh, you know him him having itchy feet himself um so yeah science while science does get that works team position what he probably really wants is the Red Bull seat rather than the works Renault seat. But um, then uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like from where he's sitting, how how much longer are Renault going to be giving priority to Red Bull? Yeah, I mean, they... when, yeah. when Renault took full control of this team again, they were very clear that they wanted to be fighting for world championships within a not particularly long time. And that's kind of where they're heading at the moment the other factor that must be playing in Carlos Sainz's mind is he's been overlooked at Red Bull it's true three ta- three times in theory yeah. twice technically three times in theory because Kvyat was picked over him first initially Yeah. then oh no it is only twice <laughs> but then Kvyat gets dropped and um, then Stappen. it's Verstappen that moves up not him where you would have thought he would have had a slight priority on it. But then if Verstappen is off, this is where the third time kind of comes in, but if Verstappen is off, but then Red Bull are so willing to let him go to Renault as part of this big deal, it it just to, to me indicates that Red Bull aren't that bothered about keeping him, which I think is a bit of a surprise. But he must feel that way at least, I think, to, to maybe want out is that he just doesn't feel like he's ever going to get that seat even if it comes up 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think for a while there's been a few interviews, especially like just going into the summer break. There were a few interviews with him where he seemed quite sort of underwhelmed by uh, by the sort of management at, at Red Bull. Um, yeah, definitely. So I can kind of, if, if we're trying to sort of get in his head, then his head is probably in a place where he's a bit fed up of the sort of Red Bull program. Yeah, I mean, it's like, do you take, go a, a guaranteed move now to a team that is on the up, or do you stay with a team that, let's face it, with Honda engines, there's a good chance that's going to be the slowest car next year, with yeah. the hope that the year after a Red Bull seat becomes available, maybe, and you don't get overlooked again? Yeah. I think it's less of a gamble going to Renault than it is yeah, absolutely. staying there and hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's the re- that'd be the real gamble. Yeah, for sure. I think he's it's a it's totally a good move for him because at the end of the day, you need to get out of that team <laughs> if they've got a Honda engine. That's the yeah. That's the in the short term anyway. Like long term, maybe it'll it'll work itself out for or so. But short term, it's uh, it's almost like they're falling on the sword in a way, isn't it? Um, so another winner, um, I'd say the biggest winner probably of all is uh, it's got to be McLaren, hasn't it? Because they've for so long they've been desperately trying to get shot of this engine or desperately looking for uh, another option and now they've finally got kind of what they wanted i mean in theory now if if what we've always believed is true and it's that it's the engine is what has been letting mclaren down in theory with the renault engine they should be fighting with red bull yeah mathematically the, that should be the yeah case. the problem mclaren have now is there's nowhere to hide that yeah. Renault engine is a known quantity. We can directly compare it. So if they are not up to scratch next year, it's only McLaren that yeah. are to blame. Yeah. Rebel have won races this year in that car. Yeah. yeah. So if, with that engine. So McLaren no have to be McLaren... getting podiums next year. We don't have, have a significant number of aero changes scheduled for next year either, do we? Because no, of it's what's very... this year. The only real change next year is the halo and the uh, shark fin and T-wing going away. Yeah. Which are, yeah. from an aerodynamic point of view, they're pretty negligible differences. Yeah. The the only problem I foresee McLaren having already is that if there's anything that they're doing that people can catch on to, or which they probably already have, you know, they've got they've got guys employed to literally sit and look at photos of other cars and work out what's going yeah. on and what's different, but if there's anything on that car, people are going to start noticing it and the the aero gap's going to close in. So the advantage that I think teams like um, probably Ferrari to an extent because they've got a good chassis and then McLaren, I think their advantage from a chassis perspective is definitely going to close in next season. So I can just see them complaining again. I can just see it coming. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I had echoes of uh, Alonso screaming GP2 engine. You can already hear the complaints, so can't you, over the radio? Uh, who else um, have we got as winners? Have we got anyone else down as winners, guys? I think that's it. Mention We've kind Red of discussed Bull. the Red Bull thing, yeah. 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 I mean, so... Alonso, I guess we all hope will be a winner out of this. Yeah, literally. It's... Just a quick statistic, seven podiums and one win for the Renault engine this year to Honda's zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best result for the Honda engine, just while we're on that subject, is, I think, sixth Yeah, for Alonso in Hungary. Alonso. Yeah. yeah. Um, they mm. might do... Okay. They, they, there's, a, there's potential they could do okay in Singapore as well, so it'd be hilarious if they won it. Yeah. <laughs> if McLaren win a, win a Honda at Singapore it'd be a turn up for the books I doubt it'll happen but you never know um, losers who's lost out in this in this soup of 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 mess um, <laughs> jo- <laughs> great analogy um, Joelan Palmer sadly looks like he's going to be left without as we've mentioned going to be left without a drive for 2018 yeah, he, may, just... he might end up at Williams do you think replacing Massa as a chance there's mm. I think the only way that will happen is if there's nobody else because Williams are in the difficult position where they because the Martini sponsorship and Lance Stroll obviously being 12 
um, <laughs> their second driver has to be over 25 um, yeah. as part of the sponsorship deal with Martini. Martini, yeah. That's so cool. they can't really bring in a young driver. I think that's half the reason Paul DeResta got the nod when um, Massa was ill. Because they couldn't grab on the F2 guys because they're all just too young. They yeah, can't do it. Children. So yeah. he sort of fits the bill for the kind of drive they need from that point of view. I'm not sure who else Williams could... Well, there's another name in the fall for Williams, but we'll get to that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Red Bull in the short term, I think, as well, they lo- they're losing out a touch here, I'd say, just because it brings McLaren so much closely... So much closer to striking distance of them. Yeah, there's potential yeah. for Red Bull to get shown up next year, I think. Yeah. And I think if that does happen, they're probably losing both of their drivers. As yeah, well. yeah. At a time when both their drivers have itchy feet. Unless the Honda engine does start coming good, then it's a whole different. It's, yeah. For Red Bull, it is quite in the balance because if the Honda engine comes good, I think they'll be laughing because they'll stick it in the back in 2019. If it doesn't, then they are in a tough place because, like you say, they've got two drivers who want to be able to win a world title, which are going to look at factory seats if they have to. And you've got McLaren closing in on them with the same engine. So, yeah, yeah, it's... Red Bull are technically banking on giving the Honda guys time in the Toro Rosso. That's... I think that's technically what's happening. Yeah. I feel like that's the grand architecture of this whole thing now, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's what the, what's, um, what's going to happen at Red Bull in relation to Honda. The biggest risk in all of that, of course, though, is if they do make the jump to Honda and it doesn't go well, no one else is going to give them an engine unless they ha- absolutely have to. Renault are never going to get go back with them after the no. difficult relationship they've had over the years. Mercedes and Ferrari aren't going to give them an engine. It would, they would end up having to go through that weird ballot system, in which case it probably would end up being... It might end up being a Renault again, actually, which would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, who knows? Well, no, it'd end up being a Ferrari, wouldn't it? Because they've got the least supplies. Yeah, Ferrari would be supplying only two teams, actually, then, wouldn't they? So Ferrari would yeah. have to give them an engine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, Red Bull that's, Ferrari, that that's sounds strange. As multiple well. years in the future. Do you, yeah, do yeah. you think there's, there's nothing set in stone yet, obviously, for the next engine formula, which is 2021, isn't it? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I believe so. So that's by next season, there's obviously only three years left then. You've got 18, 19, 20. If the Honda engine starts coming good towards the end of this current engine cycle and they put it in, are Red Bull looking at an even bigger picture of when the engine formula changes, Honda will be in exactly the same development cycle as everybody else on the That's grid? That's a very good point, yeah. Are they looking even bigger picture? Well, I, th- I think that is a good point, but I also think that if they get this regulation right, this regulation change correct, if they do it properly, then it won't just we won't just be a selection of four engines. There should be a selection of maybe five or six different engines yeah. coming in. You'd hope you'd get so, other new manufacturers. The the problem is that the Honda experience is definitely going to put off other manufacturers. I think. It, it might put them off, but if the engine's a much more simple engine to produce, like they're talking about just yeah. basically a curve system and uh, a big big old V... What is it? V8 they were talking about. I think they were talking with. going back to V8s with curves. That, that's the general premise of the next engine anyway. Yeah. I think I, I don't think that... Or maybe a v, V6 twin turbo or a V8 turbo or something like that just mm. to generate these big... Because obviously they need to be big, big, powerful engines. And we could do a whole podcast just on, just on that subject. <laughs> but... Um, uh, hopefully, you know we'll have the likes of Porsche showing up. VW might might create some sort of uh, device for us. There's um, who else we got looking in? I think Jaguar have even been looking, haven't they? Audi have been sniffing around. There was the whole Aston thing as well, which is it just yeah. ended up being the badge on the Red Bull event yeah. in the end, but. Yeah. Um, Red Bull are, are looking like they actually for that maybe they're lining up a few options Red Bull because where they are now they've got so they've got they've got experience with Renault they've got they've got to have a close eye on Honda and they're going to have 
uh, so that's two options for 2018 straight away. Then in the future, they've got the potential Aston Martin engine if if Aston Martin decide they want to sort of do something because they've got quite close links to Aston Martin, haven't they? They've bu- they built the Aston Martin yeah. hypercar with, yeah. with them. Um, so that's three options. And in this sport, it always pays. If, if we've learned anything from the last few years, especially with these engine sort of debacles that have been going on, it is worth having your fingers in a few pies just to get you out of these kind of fixes. That is why McLaren have struggled for so long the way they have because they ended up in a position where they lost Mercedes and Honda became literally their only option. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, maybe Red Bull will also learn to stop burning bridges and actually keep some relationships with people unlike Renault. Burning bridges that, before they've even crossed them in the Renault case. Yeah, that's pro- <laughs> yeah. probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so who, we're still on winners and losers, aren't we? So <laughs> yeah. uh, who else is a loser? The, the rest of the grid are probably losers <laughs> in this because they all lose their advantage over McLaren. <laughs> yeah, at least the, the back half of the grid. Yeah. Um, and the final big loser in this as well is sadly probably Robert Kubica. Who is, however, over 25, so could end up in a Williams. There's always hope. So this is the rumour going around. It sounds like he's kind of cut his ties with Renault now. Um, But I think there might actually be conversations going on with Williams from sort of what people have been saying, which would be be cool. I'd rather see him in a car that's a bit further up the grid, to be honest with you. I mean, we don't know what the Renault's going to be like next year, but... (sighs) Again, it's... Hmm. It's it's difficult though, William. I don't know what Williams are going to do if they do get rid of Massa. If Massa wants to go, I'm sure they'll keep Massa. If Massa decides he's going to stay, he'll probably they'll probably just keep him. Just <sighs> I think so. It's the easy route. It goes back to my sort of growing hatred of drivers sticking around too long. To be honest, I've I've sort of been starting to write a thing for the website about kind of young driver programs and the the point of them in a lot of cases. Um, yeah, the the mm. thing is as well though it's like as as drivers are getting older, I've got no problem with them staying in the sport, providing that they are a competitive driver that's not just purely there because they've been around for ages. Examples being, it seems seems really weird to say this what I'm about to say, but as the older drivers on the grid, Lewis, Sebastian. Kimmy to an extent, even though he is a bit of a number two driver, he can drag it around if he needs to. And Alonso, yeah. all older, in inverted commas, drivers yeah. that are more than welcome to stay around. Massa just feels like he's just turning up to just bring bring the car round the track and just make sure that it gets to the end yeah, in I mean, as best condition as possible. It doesn't feel like he's bringing anything that anybody else could yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I could talk about this for some time and I'll try not to, but honestly, Raikkonen and Massa, I don't think they contribute anything to the grid anymore. I'd Like you say, I think they just turn up, do a job, do an average job in yeah. a lot of t- so, other cases. The thing, some boxes. Yeah, Ra- yeah, Raikkonen for me, it's still in the balance because as much as he does just turn up and kind of just do his thing and come home somewhere behind Vettel... I don't know how much of that is just that he's been told just to bring it home somewhere in the points behind Sebastian, uh, which is, so I think it's a bit unfair to put it directly at Kimmy's door. But then again, maybe you should just turn around and say, no, I want to fight for a, a win and a title, well, same as Sebastian. I, I don't know if I, I you know. saw um, Martin Brundle's interview with him uh, last weekend, and he seemed very... Um, like upbeat and positive and really enjoying his driving and like he seemed like a driver who was really enjoying what he was doing and doing it for the love of it and everything but then you look at his actual results and his actual races and it just i don't know i've I've said it a few times but i would much rather see uh, one of the new younger drivers on the way up in a car over him yeah yeah Yeah. speaking of young drivers another winner out of this is um pierre gasly um, yeah, he was looking like yet another GP2 champion who had nowhere to go. But this whole thing actually seems to be opening up a seat for him, which is nice. 
Yeah, that's good. I I I, uh, I missed him out. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would. I also think um, Danny Kvyat's another winner because he's gone from looking like he was going to lose his drive at the end of the year to being the only bit of stability that Toro Rosso have got going for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think horrible. it's bizarre, but he's probably going to end up keeping his seat now. Yeah, well, he must be jumping for joy at all this. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he's absolutely safe at this point, isn't he? Like I said, unless he, he <laughs> bins it or, or smashes someone off the track like he usually does in a Maldonado Even then, they'd probably still keep him. Yeah, he, they'd, <laughs> yeah, there'd just be a lot of heads in hands. They'd be like, oh, God, we're in such a pickle. <laughs> um, yeah, so that probably covers the winners and losers, doesn't it? One more loser um, oh. is uh, Nobuharu Matashitsa who is oh. um, a McLaren... Uh, well, he's a McLaren oh. Honda d- young driver. So he's been a Honda young driver for a while, and he's currently McLaren's development driver. I think he did the um, the hungry test. Yeah. Um, but he's been in GP2 slash F2 for a couple of years now, uh, putting in you know some decent results, doing a decent job. I think he's, he's had a few wins in GP2, F2. Um, and was kind of very much being lined up as a driver to eventually graduate to a McLaren Honda drive. And this kind of leaves him sort of nowhere nowhere now. If you're not in the Red Bull program, you don't get just brought into the team, do you? It's it's always been that way, and I think it always will be. At least it's a philosophy that they stick to, because you you had... You obviously had Weber and Coulthard when it very first kicked off, and that was just because of the way that the team started. They kind of inherited Weber, I think, didn't they, from yeah. buying out Jaguar, yeah. and Coulthard was brought in for some extra experience. And But then, since then, it's always been, you are a Red Bull mm. junior, you'll generally go into Toro Rosso, and if you do well at Toro Rosso, when a seat's available, you'll get the Red Bull seat. And yeah. Nobody, nobody comes into that unless you start at the bottom. So yeah, and if you look at the list of drivers in the Red Bull program waiting, yeah, there's just no space for him. Um, I mean, presumably he will remain as development driver for McLaren until the end of this year at least. But he's very much got that role because of his Honda association. So yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. it depends how much sway Honda end up having at Toro Rosso maybe they're in a situation where they can say you fill one seat we fill the other seat but well yeah if it starts moving towards the thing we threw out there earlier of that becoming Honda's team over time if it starts moving in that direction then yeah you would expect that like you say it's kind of one seat to Toro Rosso Junior and one seat say um, Honda you might get you remember the car that was painted half and half what was that now Oh, the uh, the BAR. Yeah, when the BAR was half and half, we'll end up yeah. with one of those. It'll be like Toro Rosso <laughs> down one side and Honda down the other. That was a Honda as well, wasn't it? It was a Honda engine. Yeah, it was. It BAR was Honda. Because yeah. <laughs> um, they originally wanted to paint the cars two different colours and Bernie said no. Yeah, boring. Yeah. Boring Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, so that, is that the that that must be the winners and losers now? I think it? that's it. Yeah, I think okay. that is it now. Yeah, which yeah. it's the gift that keeps giving. It's very difficult <laughs> to uh, to give up on it. So finally, will this solve all of McLaren's problems? Do we think? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would postulate no as well. Um, yeah, but it will solve their biggest, most immediate problem, which is the potentially losing the best. What what what? I think we all agree is the best driver on the grid. One of, at least. Yeah. Um, and we've seen what Alonso can do in an underpowered car this year, so it'll be great to see what he can do in a slightly less underpowered, slightly <laughs> more reliable car in 2018. Uh, yeah, I think it should move them further up the grid. They're keeping their best driver. You would, or they would hope that by being further up the grid, they'll start to get a few sponsors actually coming back towards them. Yeah, I mean that that's got to be the aim, hasn't it? At this point, it yeah, feels to me like a very short-term solution, though. Well, I sadly I think they're already thinking ahead to twenty twenty-one when there's talk of them building their own engine. Yeah. Um and if they did that, there really wouldn't be anywhere to hide. If you're making your own car and your own engine, it doesn't work. Then, yeah, that's risky biscuits, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, it's it's only Ferrari that 
Then a Ferrari Mercedes, the only ones that do that, aren't they? The, the, if the, I if guess Renault as well, though. There's, there's a few independents sort of in the mix as well, like Ilmore and Cosworth. So it could yeah, be... Yeah, you hear you know, names crop up here and there, don't you? Yeah, so it's not it's not sort of out of the realms of possibility that they, they're do, they going to do... They're thinking, let's get tidied over with at least an engine that runs most of the time for the next three years, and then we'll get to work with Ilmore or Cosworth or by ourselves and build yeah. something new. Yeah. Because ultimately, I think McLaren, they need their fate to be in their own hands. They can't. They're not a team that can just rely on on a on a on an engine supply on a customer no. engine supply in order to 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 to, to win championships. Because we well, all know that that's not how it works in Formula One. Since since Mercedes returned to the sport, that has been evident. Because ever since Mercedes came back to the sport and had a factory team, yep, M- McLaren have been on a albeit initially slow spiral, but it's been a downward spiral So ever since Mercedes came back. And even though there was a time where McLaren was doing better than Mercedes in the same way that, you know, Renault, uh, sorry, Red Bull do better than Renault, eventually that turns. And yeah. in the same way it turned for Mercedes, you'd expect that the Renault factory team is at some point going to overtake Red Bull, yeah, which is... To where obviously again and all the factors of Red Bull Honda and all that stuff it all comes from there doesn't it but McLaren have very clearly suffered from not being able to rely on customer engines because ever since they weren't the McLe- uh, the Mercedes team yeah yeah they were affected so like up until probably what what year did Mercedes come it was 2010 Mercedes uh, yeah, yeah Mercedes came back as an official works team in 2010 and up until 2009 McLaren had been probably the well they'd been they'd always been there or thereabouts it was between them and Ferrari for for probably about 10 years yeah, yeah well if if you think about it they had 98 and 99 with Hakkinen yeah. then you had your your little Schumacher era but it was always between them and the and McLarens the, uh, realistically McLaren yeah. yeah yeah and then you had the transition where Raikkonen came in, but then you had Hamilton coming in and Hamilton Massa. So you're literally talking for a decade from 98 to 2008. It was a ding-dong battle, realistically, between the two of them. And even though Ferrari had a spell of dominance over the the championships, McLaren were always competing with them. Yeah, yeah, they were then, always the team to 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 pick up the spoils if if yeah. Ferrari dropped it, just like Red Bull are, or just like Red Bull historically the last sort of few years, couple of years, uh, three or four years, I've been to uh, to yeah. Mercedes. Um, it's and then there was they won, so their first championship really was with Braun, wasn't it? It was. It, because they be, Braun became the Mercedes team, yeah. And that at the at the last minute, ironically, the Honda engine was taken out of the Braun when Honda yeah. folded, and it got a Mercedes chucked in the back of it and went on to. Obviously, it wasn't just to do with Mercedes. There was the whole double diffuser thing. There's a whole load of other factors involved, but it was the that was the very beginning of the Mercedes dominance and real dominance after. A long time of McLaren Mercedes. Actually, I'm talking nonsense because Mercedes were already winning races before that, weren't they, with McLaren? But it's it, what it what what one thing that it was was a Honda dipping out of Formula One and being picked up by Mercedes. So yeah, it's, it's bizarre when you think that, that the Honda team with a one year gap became the Mercedes team, and we've now got potential that Honda now come back, but as a completely different team, it's. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. a strange scenario, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like I hadn't I hadn't recalled that until just now actually because <laughs> that because Mercedes team, well, I don't know, I mean it's probably changed a lot since then, but when it was Braun GP it was basically the Honda team. Yeah, like it, that Braun was built on everything Honda had been doing up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. The only Honda, difference was it had a Mercedes in the back of it. Yeah, Honda Honda paid for the design of that car yeah it was a, in effect it was a honda with a mercedes engine honda yeah. and bizarrely as uh, super guru i don't know if you've read about that but a lot of the clever things on that brawn were actually stuff that um they sort of t- 
took from because I think Super Guri folded the year before that. Yeah. And they actually took a lot of stuff that the Super Guri engineers have come up with and put them on that car as well. So there's actually a bit of Super Guri DNA in that championship wow. winning car, which is That's bizarre in itself. <laughs> That's, it's like uh, a chop shop of Formula One cars. It really is, yeah. And somehow won everything. Yeah. So back to, so shall we go back to just McLaren then? Um, <laughs> so what, what, what else do we think is going to happen at McLaren then? So that, They've solved the immediate problem is retake keep hold of keep hold of Fernando Alonso. What let's have a vote. Who thinks McLaren will make their own engine in twenty twenty one? It certainly looks that way. I think that's kind of what they wanna I think go for. With them making their own engines for their road cars, it kinda makes yeah. sense for them to go in that direction. I think that they've got the capability to do it. And some of the names that get thrown around in that would be potentially coming into Formula One would be in a similar position to Ferrari and they wouldn't want to put an engine in the back of McLaren. Like, for example, Jaguar and Aston Martin aren't going to put an engine in a McLaren no, no because chance. in terms of like a, a British road car perspective, they yeah. I'd, I'd say they're rivals. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's like putting a Porsche engine in the back of a, a Mercedes sponsored car yeah, is yeah, never yeah. going to happen is bizarre, it wouldn't it would yeah. be ridiculous so I, th- I don't think teams like VW would be interested in putting their name to a team that's not just a sponsor name like a Red Bull or something like that or a Williams it, it, you know they're not going to go with another manufacturer team so I think that if the Renault thing doesn't go anywhere they probably are going to end up with their own thing I can't. I just can't think of anyone else anymore other than Renault that would put an engine in it for them because of what's happened with Honda. Yeah. So if if it's not a McLaren engine in twenty twenty one, could it? Do you think it could be an Ilmore or a or a uh, or a Cosworth or something like that if they get the regulations right? Uh, <sighs> I've always had be... in my head the Cosworth as being it. It's it's wrong because they they've had good times in the past, but I've always got the Cosworth engine in my head in recent decades as being the one that's like the budget starter engine, and then you progress to a factory, you know, a, yeah, a, yeah. an actual factory engine. If you see engine. what I mean? Yeah, 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 a real engine. Especially when the three new teams joined with Cosworths, really struggled, and then yeah. eventually they all kind of made deals with somebody to get like a Mercedes or a Renault or whatever yeah. they got at I, the time. I don't think McLaren are going to mess around with the manufacturer coming in from scratch, probably yeah. ever again. Yeah, I think it's time that they would make their own engines. It'd be awesome to see, as a McLaren fan. It'd be awesome to see. I'd love, I'd love to see him winning races, winning championships using McLaren engines. I think if anything's going to kick him into that, then this is it. This is what's going to do it. Yeah, you get the feeling that they sort of want to be seen on a par with Ferrari, and they don't kind of like to rely on other people too much. Um, Obviously, Ferrari is Ferrari, and they do everything themselves. And I think McLaren kind of want to be up there, and the idea of them just building everything themselves and it being just a McLaren sort of seems to be how they ideally would want to operate. I think. Yeah, I think that, it, that's the dream. The the road cars, the 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 hyper cars get compared though because you've got the the Ferrari, you've got that new Porsche, whatever it is, and then you've got the P one. And all yeah. three get compared as like a trio, don't they? Yeah. And I think McLaren obviously want that back in the sense of the F1. Yeah. Like you say, Ferrari is seen as this purebred racing team that also make road cars. And I think McLaren kind of want that back. They're, yeah, definitely. It's a pure racing team. These are cars built with racing heritage, which they have got. It's not like they've not got it from Bruce, but... I think they well, yeah. do. They do desire that thing from Ferrari's aspect of just it's our team and this is what yeah. we do. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree with all that. I think they totally should be their own. They should do their own thing. They shouldn't be getting bogged down with who's giving us what engine and and all that nonsense. Just control your own destiny, McLaren. And the, I, I'd say these are the steps towards them doing that. 
That yeah, was I a nice so. line right there, Stu. Control your own destiny, McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like it was something from a film or something. <laughs> <laughs> they should, though. They, I, I, I mean what I say, man. I, like, I honestly think that. that. I'm not saying that to yeah, sound so, poetic too. or anything. Like, I genuinely think that they need to be... If they're going to win championships again, then we live in an age now where you're not going to win championships if, you, if you're buying engines of other people. You need to make yeah. your own. No, yeah. definitely um, not. So, with that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, sorry to, to to throw in the last word there. Does it? Does anyone else have anything to, more to contribute to that? No, or? I am very happy to move on to what you're about. To yeah, move I think on we've to. we've talked engines and McLaren and everything for. Yeah, we we said it would be a juicy one, guys. This is it. <laughs> this is the juice. It's been a hell of um, a week. It has been. So predictions. Uh, before we go into predictions, I've said it once already, but how hilarious would it be if McLaren won at Singapore? <laughs> <laughs> also, or or um, get your money on Danny Kvyat for the. Uh, Championship next year. Yeah, the Honda engine's gonna come good as soon as Alonso's not got it. You know what? I remember. I remember sitting in a pub with you, Chris, and saying to you at the end of the 2008 season that that Honda is gonna smash it next season, and then Honda obviously died. <laughs> but, yeah, Honda folded, but they became Braun GP, and Braun GP won the championship. But anyway, I, lo- I love saying that. I love reminding Chris of that. If one. only we stuck a. <laughs> A fiver on it or something. Yeah, yeah. I've only had stuck a tenner on Jensen Button that year during testing when he was just rinting everyone. They suspended betting that year on Jensen Button. Yeah. Yeah, they did. like the first test, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right, anyway. Anyway. Predictions, predictions. predictions. So. Uh, Singapore, the most boring race of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> Who'd like to host p- predictions really quick? You're Go on, this. you've been talking for ages. I'll look after it. Go on then. Um, so yeah, Singapore fastest qualifier last year. It was Nico Rosberg, uh, followed by Danny Ricardo and Lewis Hamilton. So let's have Stu. You can go first. Um, I think uh, it's a tough one because it's very, very difficult to know how the Mercedes is going to do around here, despite their uh, dominance at Monza. Um, I feel as though the long wheelbase McLaren might. Uh, sorry, the long. All this talk about McLaren. <laughs> McLaren on the brain. Uh, the long wheelbase Mercedes may have a bit more of a hard time around here. Um, it's traditionally so, been their worst circuit, hasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I am going to say Daniel Ricciardo for pole, for fastest qualifier. Interesting. Um, me. I'm gonna say <laughs> Vettel. I think. <laughs> Me, <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, I'm going Vettel for qualifier. Tom, Tom? Uh, I was gonna say Vettel myself, so I'm with you on that one. Vettel it is. Ah. Uh, and now the winner. Now I did say last week that I was. I said a week in advance that I was going to say Danny Rick, and I'm going to stick with Danny Rick. He is the man. I think that if if Red Bull are going to win anything this season, this could well be it. Um. Yeah, stick a Ricardo. I've got to go with you again. This is what oh, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this all week, and my philosophy on this is that so far this season, Red Bull have had very good race pace compared to the top two, but yeah. not never been there in qualifying. So I think yeah. that yeah. Ferrari that trend should continue, and Mercedes will struggle against Ferrari, and then struggle against Red Bull in the race, and the Red Bulls yeah. will co- probably come past. The, uh, the Mercedes and then sort of be gunning for Vettel yeah I've got a good feeling there's going to be no Mercedes on the podium yeah, this weekend I, really that's, that's, yeah I'd, I'd go along with that as well I'd say we're going to see a Red Bull Ferrari filled podium yeah in in what order I couldn't be sure because it depends if Vet, uh, Verstappen manages to string a weekend together but yeah, if he, do, if he does nice. I could I, I could honestly see them two being one too Honestly, yeah. this is where Stu says Hamilton for the win. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna go. I'd love to, but um, yeah. I think it's. I think it's got to be Ricardo for the win as well. I think he's gonna do pole and. Wow, I I thought I was gonna be laughed out of the room saying Ricardo for the win, but you've all agreed no, with me. No, it was second you. last year, wasn't he? Great minds. Um, um, yeah, he was, he, and he was chasing down the win last year. That's the thing. Like it wasn't. Yes, just, he was, like, wasn't he? It was only just second. If there'd been two more laps, he would have won it. Four tenths. Is all it was between uh, Rosberg one, and Ricardo. One more lap, yeah. he would have won it. Yeah. Um. So first DNF, are we on now? Yeah. 
last year was uh, Grosjean. <laughs> guess guess why Grosjean retired? Um, oh, oh, breaks. Yeah, of course it was his breaks. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom, um, I think it's your turn to go first. It though. is. Um, it's a tight circuit. It's a street circuit. There's lots of walls. It's got to be the one and only Danny Fiat. Oh <laughs> God! Oh, this is such a boring predictions round. We're just absolutely guessing is, yeah. each other's. I'm gonna go. Oh no, I'm not actually. We can't go this. I don't want to go the same for this. Um, I'm gonna go. I think the pressure of all this nonsense flying around is gonna to get to science. I'm gonna say Ooh. science. That's not a bad shout. Um, I'm thinking another kind of uh, a cluster of cars in the first couple of corners. Uh, I want to go <laughs> Magnuson. A cluster. Of cars. Of cars. <laughs> uh, I'm writing if you get that reference. <laughs> Absolute cluster of cars. Uh, number of finishers. Last year we had only four retirements. Actually, 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 I've lied to you. Grosjean wasn't a retirement last year. He did not start. His brakes failed him on the way to the grid, apparently. So your first retirement last year was actually Hulkenberg. So we had three in-race retirements last year. Um, I, I think it's also worth looking at how many retirements we had at Monaco this year, which is one, two, three, four, five retirements at Monaco. Um, notably, Jensen Button standing Marcus Eriksson up <laughs> on his primo stance yeah. at the side down by <laughs> the, uh, the harbour. Um, <clears throat> uh, is it me first for this one? I think it's you first, yeah. Um I think I'm going to... How many last year was it, did you say? Uh, three retirements in the race last year. Three, in the race, three retirements. So, and um, we had five retirements. These are much wider cars as well, remember, so it's going to be ever more difficult yeah. with this track. Um, I'm going to go four retirements, so that gives us 16 finishes. 16. I I already had a number in my head, which was also 16. I think I'm going to mm. stick with that. How about you, Tom? I'm going to say 15 15 Ooh. people do find the wall every so often yeah you lose <laughs> a quarter of the grid <clears throat> and finally our random driver is oh interesting oh daniel ricardo oh, oh! so the question now is do we stick to our guns and go for the clean sweep or do we hedge our bets oh this is tough. Um, whose turn is it to go first? Uh, possibly me, I think. It's, no, it's, it's Chris's, I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't Damn. know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, everyone knows what everyone's going to say. I'm going to say well, first. You're sticking to your guns. Yeah, for sure. I'm I sticking am. To I I'm want sticking clean... to it. I want a clean sweep too. Yeah, it's just <laughs> oh, too. It's no. just too tempting. I've got to, haven't I? What I hedge? Can, yeah, I can't. Bu- Are I you going to bet hedge? Now. No, first. Uh, I'm going to go first as well. <laughs> I nearly went third, but... Watching... Oh, no, okay. Yeah, I'm sticking with first. Yeah. This, is, oh. this, is the, this is the bit where tomorrow... No, not tomorrow, because it's Wednesday. <laughs> ruining the magic of podcasting. <laughs> Friday, he has some kind of horrible incident going on in practice, and gearboxes galore and penalties and he starts at the back and we're all just <laughs> with his heads in his hands like oh no oh no has there been any news this week about penalties and stuff like that for the only thing i've there. heard is that um mclaren are waiting to find out if uh they need to change one of the parts on van dorn's engine or not because <clears throat> although he retired with engine trouble in the last race they still don't know if it's a part that can be repaired or not but other than that I've heard nothing mm. we're safe for I now we're safe um, yeah that's 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 an interesting but interesting yeah, one it's going to be good it's going to be watching with, we'll all be watching with basic breath I'll weekend, tell you what if Ricardo doesn't win this race that's life is going to be overtaking all three of us yeah. unless they go Ricardo as well if, Ric- if Ricardo if Ricardo doesn't win this race, no one's getting a que- clean sweep in the future. This is the mo- this is such a good chance of a clean sweep. This one, it is a it's yeah. It's a I tricky think, race though. I really I still gen- think the 
the week Hamilton or Vettel come out as a random driver is going to be. Yeah, that's one. also a good a good chance. I can't believe yeah. we've not had either of them yet. To be brutally honest, yeah. No, it's how many we got, how many drivers are left in the pool for the random driver? There are eight drivers left: Hamilton, Vettel, oh. Verstappen, Massa, Hulkenberg, Palmer, Sainz, and Van Dorn are the ones we've not had yet. Seven, well, six races remain for the pool. Yeah, so there's two two drivers aren't going to come out of the list. What should be Hamilton and Vettel that don't never come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. but that'll do us for predictions. Cool. So I think that about covers it for this week. So uh, have you guys got any, anything more to add? Uh, just to everyone who's listening, make sure you send in your predictions. Um, yes. Yes, through before, all the usual means. Before qualifying begins on Saturday. Yes, until the start of qualifying. Which that's life normally sending theirs about half an hour before qualifying starts to really maximise their chances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, so we're on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Back of the Grid. Uh, website is Back of the Grid dot com. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. Stu is Stu underscore PX. Tom is TomKing89. I am TNM Chris. And I think that about covers it for this week. So thanks so much for listening. Please join us next week for our analysis of the Singapore Grand Prix. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from them. Bye. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.